the, let's move on to the next segment. Let's talk about people. Um, first question: How does Infineon attract and retain talent around supply chain in supply chain? Um, all right. So in terms of uh, talent attraction. Um, We have a very strong engagement with universities, uh, be it in Singapore or in Munich. So in Munich, we have a lot of working students. Uh, in Singapore, we offer a lot of uh, internship. Uh, we offer a system development project, a final year project, and things like this, uh, so that we can uh, scoot uh, new talents. Uh, we do participate to forum as well uh, to also picture out um, what supply chain has to give uh, doing career talk in university uh, and definitely we also rely on our uh, internal network uh, so either colleagues who move to another company who might be interested to come back or colleagues who want to recommend the colleagues um, so that we minimize the risk of uh, hiring somebody who might not fit in the organization. So yeah. this is for the uh, attraction part. Uh, for the retention, um, I think what is important is to offer challenging tasks, um, exposure to global projects, uh, offering a sense of ownership um, so that people are very motivated to come to work. Uh, we have a very uh, open door uh, and feedback culture. Uh, and I was very proud. So last year we did a department survey uh, to gauge along the line of uh, how people feel about having opportunity, being recognized for what they do, uh, teamwork, understanding the goal of the organization. And uh, at the end of the day, the results was 95% of our employees were proud to be part of supply chain. Wow, that's, so, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's a fan yeah, that's a fantastic result. So, um, uh, yeah, I was very proud with this um, because, yeah, as a site, uh, we of, of course have to find our way of existence uh, versus headquarters. Uh, and uh, having such a results, uh, particularly in the opportunity to drive project, um, yeah. Was Super. Very no, that's, that's, a, that's a result to be proud of for sure. 95% is, yeah. Um, so definitely you must be doing a lot of things right. Um, and, and, and I mean, to, to move on to the, to the next question, and it's because um, it's it also kind of connected to the attraction part, but the challenge is that typically supply chain is not seen as something necessarily sexy or career in supply chain is not necessarily seen as something sexy. Um, maybe for students it's more interesting to go to a bank or to go to a tech company or to Google or that's supposed to be more interesting typically um, what are your thoughts I mean how can we and it's, it's also some, some challenge that we at Morgan Phillips are facing sometimes uh, to convince people from similar industries maybe to join uh, from a different angle uh, supply chain uh, career but how um, what's your thoughts about it and, and have you made anything to you know around the, the area you deal with schools how do you make it more attractive I think, yeah, traditionally, maybe not sexy, but maybe I've also to understand that very often there is a confusion between logistic and supply chain. So I think the first thing is really to illustrate that logistic is part of supply chain, but supply chain is broader than this. 
Um, and I would also hope that by now, uh, fresh graduates or people with more experience um, have recognized that um, industry which might be sexy today might definitely not be so sexy tomorrow. So let's uh, take the case of oil and gas. Uh, I was discussing with my friend and we are talking about my goddaughters and what kind of industry I should encourage them to go. And maybe a couple of years ago, I would have said, yeah, oil and gas, sign for it. Uh, with the challenge faced by the industry, uh, definitely I would revert my question, my answer today. So I think there is also now a bit more awareness that those traditionally uh, maybe more sexy industry have had some challenges. Uh, you see it in Singapore. I think in the past everybody wanted to go to banking. Um, I think by now uh, you can see more interest in manufacturing, more interest in supply chain, uh, people, because people document themselves and uh, read around. Uh, but besides this, I think it's all about how you position it. So uh, if I take the case of Infineon, we are a technology company. We compete on product, primarily. So a couple of years ago, uh, might not have a lot of board attention. Um, but when product and technology becomes uh, maybe a bit more challenging because we have already stretched to the maximum, that's where how you deliver the product, how you bring the product to the market, which makes a difference. And that's how finally by now we have board attention. So we present our project, our supply chain roadmaps uh, on a yearly basis. Uh, this started with having a vision and a mission for our supply chain, uh, building up the competence as well. Um, so if I illustrate this, when I joined uh, supply chain, uh, actually I started in, uh, when, in my position in Shanghai uh, in a more customer-facing uh, type of organization, so we call it customer logistic management. Uh, and when I joined, the other statement was from the customer logistic manager team was, we are the sales assistant. Yeah. Uh, this might not be well true at that time. Uh, in the meantime, we build the competence, uh, we build the knowledge, uh, we build the expertise in offering supply chain uh, services to our customer. And uh, if you would ask sales today, uh, they see this team as their partner. Um, they see this team as helping them for all the demand fulfillment activity uh, while they can focus more on the demand creation. Yeah. Um, so that's how step-by-step yeah. step, uh, you also change the perception, again, coming with competence, coming with strengthening your supply chain, uh, making sure it's it's robust, it's transparent. Um, then that definitely helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what's the hardest skills that you, I mean, for you when you need to hire people, when you need to hire people in your team, uh, what's the hardest hard skills? So I mean, I mean the hard skills in supply chain right now. Well, maybe you might wonder, I'm an engineer, how do I end up in supply chain and how I feel about that? Um, I feel I might not be so effective and efficient in my job if I would not be an engineer. Mm. Uh, because supply chain is not about uh, talking, talking, talking. It's also about analytics. It's mostly about, yeah. It's mostly about analytics. Uh, but it's tra not traditionally the picture people have. 
And so that analytical skills is definitely yeah, one yeah. of mm-hmm. the challenging uh, skills to, to find. Uh, we tend to hire people who have more background in uh, business administrations and mathematics. Mm. Um, but when you come to uh, understanding system, uh, optimizing business processes, uh, you definitely not need strong analytical skills. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is definitely the hardest. Then, of course, you would have the pocket of uh, very expert knowledge. Uh, typically, in the region, trade compliance would be mm-hmm. one, uh, which is also very scarce resources. Um, because yeah, no, I mean, Asia is very. I mean, even South Asia, there's so many rules, regulations. There are so many rules, regulations, so many uh, different practices. Even when you talk about product classification, HS code, uh, different countries do it differently. So that will be more on the pocket expert knowledge, uh, trade compliance. It's mm. also one of uh, one of those big, skills. Big challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we we almost need to practice just for that. We could, uh, I mean, even in more fields, we could make a lot of money placing those. <laughs> so, Definitely. Yeah. And and what are some of the skills that the supply chain professional, the future supply chain 4.0 professional, needs to have? Well, we talk about digitalization, so mm. I think digital savvy is one. Um, if I take my case, I'm currently doing a online course on uh, business analytics um, because I also need to understand the new technology which are coming up, a bit of our programming, a bit of machine learning. So digital savvy is one. Uh, but then there are the, all the other aspects which are more the soft skill side of it. Uh, digitalization industry 4.0 means a lot of indus- industry transformation, workforce transformation. So it's going to be a lot of skills around change management, uh, along communication still, along uh, emotional intelligence. Um, and since also supply chain is becoming more and more global, um, I think it's important for the industry 4.0 professional, uh, supply chain 4.0 professional to have really a cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a knowledge about uh, culture of the various country mm-hmm. where he or she is operating um, because we work in more virtual teams with people with different backgrounds, uh, different uh, way to deal with projects and you can only be successful if you can manage this diversity. Diversity. Um, and that brings me to a very important question as well, uh, diversity, but diversity, gender diversity. And obviously you are a great example of an excellent uh, leader in supply chain. Um, but how do, we, how do we balance it a little bit more? Because again, traditionally, it's, it's a little, I mean, we have to uh, look at the fact it's a male-dominated uh, traditionally. How can we get even more, uh, or how do we balance it a bit more? Well, I have a question for you. Mm. Which area is not traditionally male-dominant? Fair enough. Very good, uh, very good comeback, so, actually. <laughs> I have to say, I joined a semicon forum, a technical forum in Hong Kong. It's male-dominant. I joined a supply chain forum. It's male-dominant. If I take the case of Infineon uh, within OP... I think we have maybe two or three females out of 100 top leaders. Wow. So we are definitely... Definitely can do But here again, something I'm quite proud uh, because my Asia organization across all levels, we are 50-50. Ah, super, super. And Great not job. only in uh, customer logistic management, but also in manufacturing IT. We have quite a lot of uh, female looking at software development. 
Uh, and in management, it's about 30-70. So actually not too bad. Uh, Infineon has a target as well. So we have uh, from, uh, from the board some uh, direction as of how we want to push for gender diversity. Uh, so for Asia, I've expanded a bit, not only gender diversity, but also cultural diversity. Yeah, and since, it's equally important. Since yeah, in terms yeah. of gender, we are quite good. I think we can look at uh, cultural. Um, for my organization, if we stay in gender, uh, I did form a couple of years ago a female network. Um, and they call themselves WOW. Uh, wow. w- woman of willpower. Wow, nice, great, actually, yeah. <laughs> and the purpose was really multiple. So first, for them to understand uh, what is uh, key skills for a male leader, uh, key skills from uh, different skills from a female leaders, how to address those differences. So that was this. that's why they started with a bit of surveying their peers, their boss, their spouse in some cases uh, to come up with a couple of uh, items and to try to drive some uh, training or sharing activity. Uh, the purpose is also to build resilience in, uh, in female leaders, give them a safe environment where they can exchange debates on the challenge uh, they are facing. Um, and through this, um, I also give them the chance to network with uh, Infineon management. So whenever my colleagues, my peers from Munich are joining up, uh, I make sure they have uh, informal discussion to uh, bring up their queries, how, uh, how they are seen in the organization, also that they create their network and maybe get some future job opportunity. Uh, so it, it requires quite uh, nurturing. So it, it requires... Um, strong desire to make a change yeah. uh, not only a glossy paper commitment diversity bring um, uh, bring innovation but let's keep like it is today <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> if you don't too. genuinely believe in it then nothing will happen um, but it's, it's true that maybe female tends to be uh, a bit less assertive, so I, I strongly believe the statement that uh, male will apply for a position if he feels 60% uh, qualified, a female will apply for the same position if he feels 120% uh, qualified. <laughs> That's where the resilience and the encouragement uh, comes about. Yeah. No, great, great, great example. Um, how do you see the role of HR as a business partner to you as a supply chain leader? How, how, where do you see HR sitting in the whole scheme of things? Do you have an HR business partner that focuses very closely? So we do have a HR business partner. Um, I think it's important for this setup to be effective and efficient that uh, the business partner understand clearly your challenges of today and of tomorrow, uh, the needs uh, of your organization, uh, also coming up with some recommendation as of how to build resilience, um, how to look at your pyramid of uh, roles and see whether there are some gaps. Uh, very important that they help in all the sourcing of candidate activities uh, because we are all very busy with uh, daily task, cooperation topic. Um, and it's important that whenever you have openings that comes some shortlisting with some clear argumentation, why is this candidate? Uh, that can only be possible if the business partner understands understand really, the business, uh, yeah, understand really mm-hmm. the business. 
Um, and of course, as and when we need to transform, uh, either because of digitalization or because some tasks are transferred here and there, uh, we always need to have some orga organization development uh, discussion. And that's where a business partner can also play a very important role yeah. of moderator, uh, of maybe sometimes acting as a neutral party or the, the person who will a bit challenge the status quo uh, since we are, we tend all to be a bit conservative or being, believing that what we do is the best, is the best we can do. And so when you have uh, external views, that also helps to open your horizon. Yeah. And, and, and uh, final final question on this segment, uh, and you've touched upon it uh, briefly, but uh, if there's any other thoughts that you can add to the... How do you groom future supply chain leaders in, in Finland? Um, so I think we have uh, several tracks, um, and I think your previous uh, speaker from uh, DHL e-commerce, Scott, mentioned about it, uh, the 70-20-10 principle, so it's not only unique to DHL. Mm -hmm. uh, so we really look at uh, experience and project exposure or job exposure at uh, higher level, uh, coaching and mentoring, and then formal training. Um, we, if we look at our different populations, so for young talent, uh, we in fact start quite early. So uh, I started a couple of years ago to offer scholarship, industrial scholarship, uh, which gives us the advantage of following from uh, starting of the university up to graduation uh, candidates. Uh, the person comes to us for all internships throughout the four years horizon. Uh, then through the internship we can uh, rotate the person into different areas of supply chain so that mm -hmm. when the person graduates uh, she or he has a well-rounded up view and maybe a clear perspective as of which area he or she wants to go. Uh, we do offer uh, what we call uh, international graduate program which mm -hmm. is more uh, meant for fresh graduates or people with uh, two or three years experience uh, preferably with a master degree. Uh, and again, the principle is the same, uh, rotating around different functions. But here for international graduate program, we also look at different sites. Yeah, uh, so so spending a bit yeah. exposure, so a bit exposure in manufacturing, a bit exposure, so going to sites, a bit exposure to headquarters, uh, so that the person also can build a network uh, because supply chain or supply network, like we call it today, really also rely on uh, getting your job done through your network. Mm. So that's, um, that's different for the maybe the most freshest employee uh, if we look at the most uh, experienced uh, talent uh, this will go definitely more through project assignments uh, as well as coaching mentoring mm -hmm. um, formal training from time to time but um, I'm, I'm strong believer that you learn better by doing than just by being very passive in a classroom Nevertheless, uh, for those who want to go a bit deeper, a bit in a mathematical model, a bit in, um, uh, in process mapping, a bit in score model, because we, mon we uh, manage our supply chain according to score, uh, we do have our own supply chain academy. 
which is a partnership with a university in uh, Ireland, uh, where we offer two 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 sessions. So, is a bachelor module in a bachelor degree or a master degree, wow. and so uh, our employee will engage. So, for the bachelor degree, it's a two years program, uh, a lot of uh, online evening course plus two uh, resident module in uh, in Ireland. Uh, the master is about one year, uh, same principle. Um, so this impressive, is impressive. I mean, I, I, okay. I, not not very. I mean, not a lot of companies do that. So that's quite interesting. So this was uh, we recognize. So we we do study supply chain trends. So every year we discuss about the trend. Talent was one which was identified a couple of years back, and that's how we thought. Okay, having our own supply chain academy would help in building up our talent uh, pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, in Singapore, I have uh, a little bit branched out. Uh, so my dream was for the Irish University to find a partner in Singapore so that we could also yeah, offer a local, exactly. uh, local content. Uh, it didn't work out, uh, but if some of our employees are interested to follow, uh, to pursue a master degree, uh, we will definitely support it. So I have one of my girls doing a master degree, supply chain master at NTU currently. Okay. Yep. Okay, NTU is uh, so very, that's, very much recognized. That's from different mm-hmm. angles. Thank you. From uh, academic to more job related. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, again, it's it's to be, and I mean, I, uh, this this sheds further light into uh, perhaps why ninety five percent of the people in your organization uh, say that they're happy there because I think you do uh, actually a lot of things to help them keep uh, developing, learning, empowering them, uh, giving them a lot of exposure, and that oh, as human beings, I think that typically people like that. So uh, good job and good share. This is the end of part two. Stay tuned for part three, where we dig deeper in personal habits and success stories.